Hey there. Welcome to Innovators in Education podcast where we showcase educators from all over the country who through their use of innovative technology have not only excelled in their schools and school districts but are making a real change in their communities. I'm Pat Bhava, your host and also the founder of Pick My Kid where we believe in empowering schools with cost-effective school safety solutions so they can focus on what really matters, teaching and learning. Stick around till the end of the show and I will tell you how you too can be a guest on our show. So without much ado, let's dive right in. Hi everyone. We are here today with Tom Burton. Uh, Tom Burton is a superintendent of Princeton City School District since 2015. He's an educator, author, a strong believer in the power of technology, and also a husband and father of three children, the most important part, right? Uh, so without much ado, I'm going to turn it back to uh, Tom here, uh, not to steal your thunder, but please go ahead, give a brief introduction of, you know, what you do. Uh, we, we have a fair idea, <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, but also, you know, more importantly, what is it about K-12 that made you dedicate your life to it? Well, thank you. So this, I'm celebrating my 36th year in, in public education. So I'm really excited. I had to stay in a college. So I guess not all 36 or public education, um, but I started at parochial school. So one year and then went to Mexico for a little bit and then taught at a college. And after that, every day of my life was devoted to uh, public education. Absolutely love it. I think it's the answer to a lot of, a lot of the issues that we're dealing with in general. Uh, so 2015, my wife and I, after spending 28 years in Cleveland area, so my wife and I moved down here to be the associate superintendent. So from 2015 to 2018, I was associate superintendent, and I'm starting my fifth year as superintendent. Uh, now, for those people listening, when you think about what a superintendent does in general, I, I think people, they may feel it's, well, it's all leadership. It's making sure people are happy. It's a political role, maybe. And all of that is true. But the biggest thing I do each and every day is making sure that decisions that are made are best for students. Now, I know that seems a little bit cliche-ish, but honestly, like if you believe that with the very fabric of who you are, it's actually pretty easy to make sure that the, the, the vessel of a school district is going in the right direction. So found the North Star, if you will. So my job essentially is living the vision and mission of the district each and every day. And the mission statement at Princeton, uh, I think is a great one. Uh, it's empowering each student for college, career, and life success. And after all, is that what we should be doing every day is empowering our students at the tools to ultimately lead to life success. Absolutely. Thank you for that overview. Really powerful, right? And, and I was just complimenting uh, uh, Trisha before you got on the call is that, you know, it is... Yeah. I don't find it often that, that I see not only the mission statement, but a three-year plan of actually empowering your community and your students in, 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 the success, in a successful career path. You know, really you chalk that down in your, in your website and, and you, you know, that's really awesome. Uh, so with that, you know, I want to really roll into that, that same, same subject, right? I want to touch upon, you know, you're big on community engagement and believe that students cannot succeed in isolation, right? So it, we all know it takes a village, right, to, to, to get successful students, uh, put them, make them, you know, responsible citizens of tomorrow. 
So uh, I just want to, you know, turn that back on you and, and ask you, how does technology help and empower you and your staff in, in, in that mission? All right. So uh, I heard a couple different questions there. So tell me if I'm going off. I, I maybe No, no, take it off. All right. So, so one is the whole technology piece. The other piece that you talked about, which I do think is unbelievably powerful. And unfortunately, I think sometimes as leaders, we miss the aspect of the community. So when we talk about educational community, it is very fair to, to say that it is each and every person that ever touches a school district. So it could be a parent, a community member, a business leader inside the district, but could be outside the district. All of our beautiful students, most importantly, our beautiful students, but the staff, regardless of whatever position they hold. So the reality is we have to build that sense of community. I talk about culture trumps everything. And Absolutely. yesterday when you did our opening, this, you can't even make this up. I talked about living into values, which is one of Brene Brown's great work uh, in Dare to Lead. She talks about making sure we're living into our values. So yesterday we had our board president talk. I didn't know what she was going to talk about. She talked about family. Not surprisingly, in my speech, I talked about family. We had two of our union associations, our 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 associations, but the association presidents, for those that aren't used to associations, those would just be the union for the certified staff and the union for the classified staff. But they both talk passionately as well, that line specifically into creating opportunities for kids and doing so each and every day in a creative, innovative, but also empathetic way. All of those tied directly into what I was saying, but nobody talked to each other about what was being said. Shortly thereafter, I said specifically to everybody, so around 800 employees, I said, if you live the values, if you build a culture, you don't even need to talk about what you're going to say because it's there. It's the very fabric of who you are as a district and as a people. So uh, when you talk about community, I get really passionate about that yeah. because I think that is the answer. Because if we come together, we have far too much division in our world, far too much. We have people that don't like people because they don't look like somebody. They don't believe in somebody. They're not the class of somebody. Way too much separation. And I am so proud of what we've done, not only with our strategic plan that you mentioned, but our specific equity plan to create equitable opportunities for each student each and every day. So the community is absolutely critical. And uh, if I could brag, not only on Tricia, but on our leadership team, our leadership team is amazing. And I know that, well, hopefully every superintendent believes that, but let me just tell you, I mean, our team is incredible and allows me to get out and develop these relationships with business leaders and community leaders uh, differently uh, so that we can actually impact learning each and every day. No, awesome. I, and I'm, you know, when you speak, I can see the passion in your eyes and how you believe your community is your strength. Absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, and, and I was looking at, you know, the demographics of uh, Princeton City School District, very diverse, very vibrant, a lot of culture, a lot of, you know, uh, 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 people from all over the world, uh, so mm -hmm. to speak. I'm sure they speak tens of different languages there. Um, and, 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 and to have a leader such as yourself who believes in the power of community uh, and, and that ultimately affects the children, the way, 
you know, it's the like they say, it's the first few blows on the anvil of life really sets the tempo for rest of the, you know, their career. So when they get this kind of insights from a leader like yourself, you know, it all makes sense, right? Um, so if you, if if I may lead you into that next part of that same first question is, how did you use technology in ways in which it empowered you to not only sure. uh, uh, spread the message of of inclusiveness and community engagement? but also how do you amplify that and show it in tangible results in student success? Well, um, boy, uh, I don't know. Did you see our opening convocation? Cause you talked about amplification of student yeah. voices. We actually talked specifically, the very first thing we did is we wanted to let everybody know that we were back and we were ready and we we're gonna be difference makers and we make a hashtag Viking diff each and every day. So actually just some simple things, right? So as a leader, I believe very strongly that social media is your friend. Now, it could be your foe if you don't handle it. <laughs> so we had people that were posting uh, back that we're ready, that we're excited and all that on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we had people doing vines. I mean, we, all kinds of things. It was, it was amazing. TikToks uh, really just kind of announced we're back and we're ready. Uh, I think the power of technology is absolutely critical. And we can harness that by creating systems, an ecosystem, if you will, that allows technology to be your friend. So for instance, real simple, right? So for those that don't use TweetDeck, TweetDeck is something that's, it's a good vehicle to help organize what you do on Twitter. If you're going to go to Instagram and you're going to post something or LinkedIn and you're going to post something, you can look to create systems that actually you can, you know, schedule these different tweets or posts uh, and really kind of control that narrative when you as a leader have time to kind of write some posts. I have some of my dear friends, they do great work. They post stuff every morning. It's inspirational. And I have one of my friends who actually during Sundays, he, he creates these posts. Now, sometimes he doesn't use them or he uses them you know, maybe out of sequence based upon what's going on in his district. But it was so powerful for me to even kind of, boy, you use that, you do that on a Sunday. He goes, yeah, it saves me so much time. So I think the power of technology that we need to harness is critical. And especially our kids, <laughs> the way that they're coming up right now. Uh, and let me take a little aside. Uh, so when my oldest, or our oldest child, she didn't get a phone until she was in 10th grade. Uh, our middle child got a phone when he was in ninth grade. Our youngest got a phone in sixth grade. Yeah. Now, so another story down, down, yeah. down. Now, when you ask our kids now we have beautifully diverse school district, as you said, 80% students of color, 25% of our students are English learners. We have very wealthy all the way down to some people that haven't found their way that are struggling a little bit right yeah. now, uh, being economically uh, challenged, I'll say. Uh, but the reality is, that when you ask who has a phone or who has access to a device, almost all of our kids, regardless of economic condition, raise your hand. And so if we don't embrace the power of technology and use it to engage students at the highest of levels, as well as parents and create these ecosystems, if we don't do that, then this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna say, you can't bring phones in school because we're scared. We're not gonna go one-to-one -one because we don't have the capacity. And, our, and your kids, our kids, will all be behind that way. So embracing technology and understand how it could be your friend by setting up systems 
I think, I mean, I don't know how we could survive without it. Absolutely. I think, uh, I think you said it right. You know, going back to what you just alluded to is like denial is no longer the solution. I think five, seven years ago, it was a policy like, oh, no cell phones, no electronics. Uh, how can we not use denial as a tool, but be inclusive and speak to students where they are congregating, where how we can reach out to them in, in their own game, right? Uh, I think that's, that's, that's smart. So yeah. So, um, so Pat, real quick, uh, just a quick little tip for those people that are um, really still kind of struggling to embrace technology and, and having cell phones in schools. Uh, a friend of mine years ago uh, was talking about a struggle he felt because all of his teachers wanted all the phones uh, to never be brought into school, no book bags, no lockers, anything. And so he created green zones and red zones. And he said, on top of the fact that we're, you know, this is when kids can use technology in green zone. In the red zone, we've got to put them away. And the teachers had flip charts, green or red. Uh -huh. But yeah. the biggest thing is that we don't want kids to be on the phone all the time. I don't know anybody who wants kids on the phone all the time. So it really teaches them responsibility by having a green zone and a red zone. Pat, I just wanted that, to add that. That is so powerful. Just that one takeaway of you know, what educators were listening to you now, you know, if they can do one takeaway and say like, can we implement the red zone, green zone idea, which I just heard from Tom today, that in itself would be a huge takeaway. Yes, you denial is not a solution, but being always a yes man is not also a solution, right? Uh, like you rightly said, there are times when it is okay and there are times it is not okay and they need to understand the difference and the maturity to, to get there. But in the meantime, incorporating those red zone, green zone for cell phones for kids, that's an awesome idea. Thank you for sharing that. Thanks, Pat. Um, um, so uh, this another thing which you're really passionate about, which I you know learned about a little bit in my research, which I don't see in most of the school districts what I talk to every day, that you're in the middle of a three-year strategic plan to accelerate student learning, right? So, um, and, and, and what really jumped out for me was you hold yourself and your team accountable with, with outcomes, with tangible data analysis. And that is really, you know, not just putting some flowery speech out there, but really tying it back to outcomes and holding your team accountable for that was really refreshing to see that. And, and uh, for people who don't know what I'm talking about, I'll put a link to that in, in, our, in our podcast notes. But if you want to speak to something about that and also what you learned along the way, Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a couple different things. If we want to hold uh, our students, our parents accountable, we need to hold ourselves accountable as, as educators. Um, our, our leadership team and probably the entire district has heard me say this multiple times, what gets measured gets done. Data matters. And um, I always say this very deliberately so people don't misquote me. But every single one of our students has a number. Okay, they have a number, the data matters, but they're not a number. So we treat them compassionately. We make sure that we love them. But the biggest thing is we have to have high unyielding expectations. And so a strategic plan helps lead a district, but also hold people accountable. Our equity plan, which is beautiful, it's equity action plan. And it's not what you say, it's what you do. And that's what I think I think some of us miss sometimes, quite frankly, when we look specifically at 
what we do and we tell stories, right? We're educators and there's all kinds of beautiful stories, sad stories, heroic stories all over the place. But ultimately, it's not about telling the story. It's about the action that what we can, that it's the action that we could take that will lead to student success, whether A, B, C, or D. So a takeaway, perhaps, you're in a data meeting. It'd be easy to get wrapped up in the story of a student. Now, again, we need to know it. We need to be compassionate and understanding, but this is what I'd say to do. I would say, so you have a team of six people maybe, and you put a student's name on the board. Really quickly, you have the data up there, but then you ask, is anybody having a problem with the student right now that you would like to talk about? We don't talk about the problem right now. All they do is raise their hand. So there may be three people that raise their hand. One, two, three, chart it. Next person, may only be one person has a problem. And then all the way down, and it's a quick, easy way to get through multiple students. Then you look at the number of hash marks by that student's name. And so let's say all six raise their hand on a student. Well, that student needs direct intervention for sure. So Excellent. you look at the data, you look at what's going on. You actually have that deep enriching conversation about solutions for that student who's in desperate need of support. That's so awesome. one student that maybe only has one mark, one. it may be a personal issue. Yeah. But that's why the data matters. And we spend a lot of time telling stories. We have to get to the point where we actually get to solutions and not just focusing on the problem. I, I like the fact, I think reading between the lines, you're humanizing the data. Uh, and, and I think it is, it is so pioneering that what you just mentioned is that, yeah, it could be a one-off when once one, some, one person raises their hand that they have an issue. And if all six or eight departments or, you know, uh, HODs raise their hand and you know there's a you got to go back to that student and really you know have a deeper conversation but you're not letting you're not letting the story take over uh or or, or yeah that's powerful that that's awesome thank you so much for sharing that um so uh, tom uh, you know you obviously a passionate k-12 enthusiast you you're a great leader you're an author you establish yourself in the space uh, 30 plus years, uh, you know, what are we waiting to see next from Tom? Like, you know, our listeners would love to see where you're headed, what are your aspirations are, sure. where you're headed, you know, so we can cheer you along your path. Well, I, I certainly appreciate that. From a professional perspective, I love yeah. being superintendent of Princeton City Schools. We have 508 business partners that we're really proud of. A couple of years back, we created this innovation center, which is now totally blossoming. It's been just Amazing to see where it is personalization at the highest level, uh, the business partnerships we're creating, internships for students and all that. Uh, for, so really, I, again, uh, being a leader, uh, work with such amazing leaders that help me each and every day. They inspire me uh, after conversations. I find that I leave with different notes, aspirational notes, if you will. Um, on a personal note, I would just say that, uh, but it's also professional. <laughs> I have a couple of different books that I'm working on right now. Uh, one is called Sometimes the Apple Bounces. And when we think of the metaphor, right, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, right? If that always was the case, then if you were always wealthy, you'd always, I mean, if you were wealthy, you'd always be wealthy. If you were economically disadvantaged, I don't even like that term, but uh, but if you were uh, struggling economically, you'd always struggle economically. But we know that sometimes that apple bounces far from the tree. 
So what makes that apple bounce? What makes the elasticity happen to go? And it's funny because we use this acronym with Apple, but A is accountability. And that's really what it is. And I just encourage everybody to always hold kids, parents, teachers accountable and administrators. I want to be held accountable as superintendent. I don't want to be like, oh, well, he's a nice guy, he's passionate or whatever. The data matters, Absolutely. right? Um, the, the other thing too, and lastly on that sometimes the apple bounces is the E, unyielding high expectations, right? Expectations. Yeah. And we have to do that uh, yeah. because sometimes we love kids so much yeah. and we make excuses for their performance. Yeah. Uh, we love kids so much that we excuse them from the work that actually will help them get themselves out of these cycles of unlearnedness, if you will, of poverty. Uh, we have to really think differently. And, and it's, it's, you know, they call it the art and science of teaching for a reason, right? Because yeah, 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 it yeah. is art and it is a science. It is science so too. We need, to, yeah. we need to combine those two to make sure that we can make this really high indelible mark on the lives of each student. And then uh, another book that uh, kind of processing and, and working through um, is one that tells a story of struggle moments. And I'm just going to kind of let it sift there because I'm really excited about it, but we're still processing some things around that. So it'd be nice to kind of release these books, which I don't think will happen in the next year, but hopefully shortly thereafter. I don't know where you find the time, <laughs> Tom. You already, if, if you're not busy enough, I like the analogy you put, you know, uh, the bouncing, uh, making the apple bounce. And we want every apple to bounce. And that's, I think that's that's your ultimate aim, right? Every one of our students succeed, get out of the cycle of uh, um, um, uh, uh, poverty or, or, or lower economic strata and give them, all we can do is empower them with the tools and the mindset, more importantly, to get the bounce, right? And and I, I love that analogy. I love that you know thought process. Please keep us in the loop. We'd love to hear more and promote the book as and when it comes. Uh, and, and I'm sure most of the readers would be interested. So. And also, the, uh, the lot of people who would want to reach out, connect with you. So if at all you want to leave uh, any, not any personally identified information, but any, any contact where they can follow you, cheer you along, and maybe reach out for any questions. Well, uh, Trish Roddy, our amazing director of communication, already knows what I'm getting ready to say. My <laughs> cell phone, and you can call me anytime, is 440-708-4800. That's my personal cell phone. Uh, check out what we're doing, uh, not only at our, on our website, but uh, let me give you two Twitter accounts. One is at Viking Diff Super. That's mine, Viking Diff Super. And the other one is at PCSD Vikings. And uh, check us out on social media. Look me up, Facebook, LinkedIn. I love to hear from you guys. And uh, let me, if I may, Pat, let me leave you with this. Yeah. Um, so I think sometimes in life, uh, we have these, these moments that we need to push through. We just need to understand. And sometimes our brains are just filled with so many ideas and we want to go so many different places. And we, we get so confused sometimes. Um, but I always think looking at the end, starting with the end is really important. So believe it or not, that sometimes the apple bounces is not the end book. The end book is I am the tree. Because we can do great work, and we do great work across this great country of ours, the entire world, educators do amazing work, right? But we don't see kids every single day, five days out of seven, 
40 weeks out of 52. That's not every day, folks. They go home sometimes to environments that we would never want to live in. Now, even if it's a loving home environment, sometimes people really struggle. So I Am the Tree is a book that helps parents understand the power of who they are. And they are the tree for which they want the apple to fall close to. Absolutely. Thanks, Pat. That was really powerful, Tom. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, that would really strike too close to home for a lot of our listeners. So that, that is awesome. And, and Tom, wish you all the best. And Thank you. Uh, I'm sure we're going to see great things from you coming. Keep us posted on the book. We'll put it on our show notes, update it. We'll also put the your personal phone number on the show notes. Please do. <laughs> that really shows the, the the confidence and the and and the giving nature you have for this community. And that's what makes the tech community, you know, passionate and 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 helping each other. All we're doing is shining a light on people like yourself. So thank you again for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Wish you all the best and uh, look forward to continuing the conversation. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to Innovators in Education podcast. If you like the podcast and you want to be on the show, please reach out to us through the website. We'd love to hear from you. If you know anybody who else would be a good guest, please tag them on social media. Let them know about us. I always love reading your posts and suggestions, so please keep them coming. And if you've got any takeaways from today's episode, please go ahead and share it on your social media channels because it means a lot to me and my team as we put a lot of work into it. We're putting out regular content like this every week. So please go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss out on any other content. And if you want to know more about what we do, go ahead and uh, go to our website, pickmyket.com. You can follow me on LinkedIn. Thank you for listening. See you next time.